Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Casey Haston, who is the Director of Recruiting and Coaching with VIP, podcast host of the We Are VIP podcast, and a networking ninja. Her mission is to help raise the consciousness of the world by helping those she touches learn to be at choice. Yes, I said, quote, at choice. And you want to hear all about this. We will also talk about her new journal coming out soon. We have so much to talk about. So let's dive right into this, Casey, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to share all those things with you today. (laughs) And I'm excited to hear about them. So Casey, I know you have listened to the Core Women podcast. So you know that it's always important for me to ask my guests about their personal backgrounds before we jump right into their professional aspects of their journey. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about where you grew up, your personal interests, and how, how some of these interests may have contributed to your professional journey? Absolutely. So um, believe it or not, I grew up in Louisiana and then was transplanted to Texas at the ripe age of 13, which parents, please don't move your kids at that age. That's really hard, you know? So So I finished growing up in Texas. I've been here ever since. And pretty well rooted in the area. Um, but and it's funny that you asked me like my experiences and how it leads to what I'm doing now. So I'm just very quickly tell you, you know, I recently, well, I say recently over the last 10 years, my profession has completely changed. And one of the questions that someone asked me that was trying to help me find my passion and actually I'd already found it, but, and that's another thing that I love to do is help people find their passion. But they said, what did you like to do when you were like three years old? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I was always putting boxes together and building stages so I could entertain the entire neighborhood, you know? And he's like, yeah, I can see that you're exactly where you're supposed to be now. But I wasn't because before I was in accounting. Oh, right. Oh, my. Yes. What moved you into that arena? Into accounting? Well, so I'm what I call a non-traditional career person because I did everything backwards. Okay. So I actually started a business when I was young and I, you know, when you first starting a business, you're not making much money. And so I couldn't afford anybody to do the books for me. So I had to learn how to do it. And when I sold the business, I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? Well, I guess I've been doing this accounting thing. So I'll go back to school for that. And then ended up being in accounting for a total of about 20 years. Okay. Well, 20 years, and then you made the shift to do something else. What was that something else? And how did you transition? It's so important that and this person didn't even know that they were doing it. So I was going to a recruiter to try to find an accounting job. Right. So this is an accounting and finance recruiter. I'd I'd seen a lot of them didn't like any of them. Right. But this one was different. And in a way, what made her so different, and she didn't even know she was doing it, she was coaching her candidates. Mm. And as I was talking to her and she would present opportunities to me, I'd be like, mm, no, I don't want to do that because of this. I don't want to do that because of this. And really, I was just sick of being an accountant, you know, right. and yes. she's the one that she goes, Casey, I'm listening to you. And do you realize you don't even like accounting? And I went, oh, what am I going to do? 
<laughs> and it just so happened she'd been in accounting before she switched to recruiting too. Oh, and she was like, why don't you come recruit with me? She goes, I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I, and she was so right. I found my passion. I get to help people every single day and I just absolutely love what I do. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. That is so great that it was that one person that just kind of asked you a really relevant, pertinent question because of what they observed and what they heard. Yes. And many times when we key into that without having those walls go up, it's so important to go, oh, you know what? Maybe she, she's right. Yeah. And what am I going to do about this? So, you know, our superpower choice, uh, we have a choice, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you choose after knowing that you didn't want to do accounting, but you liked recruiting. So you chose to do the recruiting. Where did that lead? How did that develop for you? Very well. I ended up being, um, so I was with a previous recruiting agency, big, big, big one. We're not going to say their name, but it was a big one. And I, and it was really good for me, you know, especially since it was my second career, you know, and I went from being a CFO to a recruiter. You can imagine what that looked like salary wise. And so the place that I started at was really good because it was so big. It had all that training in place and had all the tools to give me to be successful. And I was like, I, I was in very high up on the chain and was doing very well. The thing about it was, is, you know, believe it or not, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, although I'm not a good boss, so I'm not going to start another company, <laughs> but I really needed a company that was very fluid, that was nimble, that would allow me to be me. Right. right. And at the bigger company, there was so much red tape and it was so much, you know, you fit in this box, you're a recruiter, you're good at it. That's all you're going to do. And I, I just can't do that. I'm so much more than that. Right. I love that. Yes. I love that you point that out and that you're saying that. Yes. 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 And so I was lured away. I really hadn't planned on leaving because I didn't really realize what was missing at the time. Um, but I was lured away by a smaller boutique firm and Mm -hmm that's when it started getting good. I mean, that's when, so this company, the first question they asked, and I would, it's such a great question. It was not, here's what we want you to do for us. They said, what do you want to do? I went, this is my home. (laughs) That is such a great question because that really does. That's really more, not just alluring, but it really feels like you care about the person. Absolutely. And that makes a difference because I've gone to recruiters and it's like, they're trying to fit a square into a square or even a circle into a square. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Ooh, that is not working. Right. You are not listening. You are not really taking in the information that I'm offering you. And so in some cases, those recruiting jobs are really great because they led to, you know, something bigger and at least those being able to hone those super skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Which gets me to my next question for you. So you like the recruiting business. How has this helped you develop those super skills? Um, So I I think one of the super skills for sure, like you've already mentioned, is we have to listen. If I'm going to make a successful placement, because um, when you think about it, we offer a guarantee to our clients for a certain period of time, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if I don't make a good match, that person's going to do what we call fall off, right? And if they fall off during my guarantee, I have to give money back. 
I don't like yeah. to give money back. So, <laughs> so I, I think that good recruiters, just like the one that found me and got me into recruiting, listen, they actively listen, right? But the other super skill that I think has been so important that's come from my, um, and it's really just escalated since I've been recruiting, is the networking. And when I, and when I say networking, some people get a bad taste in their mouth about that. But what I'm really talking about is building relationships. Yes. That is a super skill. Oh, it is. It is. And I absolutely appreciate you saying that because yes, we use that word networking quite a bit. And to me, that's about the numbers, right? But when I hear building relationships, that means so much more to me because it is not about those high numbers. It's about those really great connections that you make and grow because then you're building a community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And it's so sure. important because also my candidates, you know, and I don't work with a ton of candidates at a time because I do want to be able to give them the attention that they deserve. Cause you know, making a career move can be very stressful and just, it just can wear your soul down sometimes. Right. And so I'm not only there to help them find the right job, I'm there to help them get through the process of finding the job. Oh, and I love that you say that because a new job, finding a new job, transitioning to a new job is very high on the stress checklist. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at that, you're working with somebody who is already maybe at a higher level of angst because they need to make money. They want to transition. They want to find their passion. There's so much involved in that. And to be able to actively listen, as you said, which is a key super skill. Mm -hmm. um, And that is reflecting back as to what they say, you know, you're hearing and digesting what they really want. You're able to give them something that's fuller, that has more substance, so to speak, and really aligns. Here's a big one that I always talk about values, their values. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing that I hold dear to my heart are my core values. You know, every quarter I rewrite them, make sure that I'm still in alignment with them as well as my Mm -hmm. internal rules. You know, what do my internal rules, are they reflecting my core values and are my decisions reflecting those two things? Oh, so important. And to be able to walk in alignment with those values every day is critical Mm -hmm. in your personal life and your professional life. So as we move on, I'd like you, and as I mentioned in the intro, I mentioned at choice, mm-hmm. to be at choice. Can you explain that? I can. And this is something that, you know, I call it an awakening once you mm-hmm. realize that you're at choice, right? And right. it's all based on how you perceive the world. We all perceive the world differently, right? Mm-hmm. But we get right. to choose how we see the world. And that is based on our energy levels. And when I say energy levels, it's, you know, we're all made up of energy. We, it's proven that you can measure the energy coming off of our body, right? And and your heart generates a larger field of energy than any other part of your body, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. Mm -hmm. But there's different levels of energies. And there's a great book out there that um, I read. It's called Power Versus Force. And it's based on 20 years of research done by Dr. David Hawkins, I believe. And it's all about the energy, right? And he measures it on a scale of a thousand, but I'm going to do it on a level one to seven. Okay. Okay. 
So level one, and we're not going to go all the way through it, but I do want to, the level one and level two are what we call catabolic. These are destructive energies, right? They're not sustainable. And if you're, and this is how people perceive the world. So level one is victim. That's what you're feeling. You're a victim. Everything's happening to me. And so if everything's happening to you, your mind, if that's what you believe, your mind is going to look for proof that everything's happening to you, right? Mm -hmm. So you're perceiving the world as a victim. And everything that happens, you think, well, there it is again, you know, there it is again. So if, and that's where you realize, so now that you realize you have that choice, let's take it up a notch. Now, level two, a little bit better than level one, but still, still very catabolic is anger. Now you're just showing up mad at the world and everything people say, everything people says to you makes you mad and you're responding from anger and fury and, you know, I win, you lose kind of attitude still destructive right and and you're perceiving again you're creating your own reality that this world is a hateful place Mm -hmm. when it's not and so here's where it starts to get a little bit interesting so we're going to shift into level three and level three is kind of a mixed bag it's it's got a little bit of catabolic but it's got some anabolic that positive that you know that constructive rather than destructive energy in it Mm -hmm. and it's once you shift into three there's a I call it kind of like a three and a three and a half. Okay. So like, this is your bandaid level. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But if you're like, everything's going to be fine. That's where I call like a level three. You're still a little bit more catabolic, but you're just, you're trying to put the silver lining on it. Right. Right. But if you're like, everything's going to be fine. That's more, you're more anabolic at that point. It's the three plus. Is it three plus? (laughs) Three, three plus. As okay. you start moving up the scale, which is where we want to go, like mm-hmm. four is level four is service. You're more concerned about everyone around you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that can be, you know, good and bad because, because right. you're so concerned about everybody around you, you might get taken advantage of. And yeah. you also might not take care of yourself. So it's really important to set your boundaries at this. And as we start moving up further, we're stepping out of ego and yes. we're leaving judgment behind. And when you get to level seven, that's like, I call it the Buddhist level. This is transcendence. This is where you just are. This is the I am level. And and you're connected to everything and everyone. And a lot of people might feel this when they're meditating. Right. But that people, we don't live in level seven. We'd love to, but not unless we're Buddha. We don't live in level seven or Jesus Christ. Um, But we can pull in elements and we can go there and then to refuel our spirit and then come back. But when we are at level seven, we get to choose what level we show up at at any time. Right. Absolutely. I love that theory. It is so interesting what you said, because there are different levels and the way that I would pair that with some psychology is where did these thoughts, this mindset, how was this developed? Of course, you know, well, let's dig deep because then we're going to be able to function at each of those levels Mm -hmm. differently. We're going to be able to one, recognize those levels because a lot of times we don't even recognize what level we're in. Exactly. You know, I've got a great example of that because I was, I'm working with a client right now, not to give away any information, of course, but this, this was a very high level woman. Okay. And she just couldn't understand why she kept getting passed over and why she's just everybody hated her she just knew this guy over here was out to get her you know totally writing those scripts in her head and we can talk about that in a second because i got a big thing to say about writing scripts in your head Um, 
but you know, and I have an assessment that I use that will kind of show me how you're showing up in the world based on Mm. those levels. And Mm. it gives me two profiles. It gives me the, um, you know, how you act in a normal situation, like how you typically react and then how you react in a stressful situation. Most people will come back with some level one and two, mainly level one and two when they're stressed, believe it or not, Mm. even me even me. And believe me, I, I resonate in, in, the, in the heavens when on my, on a normal day. So it's proven. Um, but this person came back and when we started, her normal reaction was level one. Wow. I know. I was like, I might Ooh. need to call a therapist here, you know, <laughs> but we've been coaching wow. for about six months. And now that she's aware of what she's doing, I hear her all the time when she's talking about instances and she'll catch herself and she's like wait a minute that didn't happen I just thought it did you know right right those scripts are so important those scripts are so important but a lot of it has to do with conditioning Mm -hmm. how we see the world because of factors that impacted our lives as we grew up how we sheltered our own selves and our own minds to really protect ourselves so there's so many things involved in wanting to see how we're presenting and what we're taking in and how we're perceiving the world because of multiple factors. So as I said, I like your theory of the one to seven and it pairs well with some psychology because then after you do your assessment, you're like, okay, I see where we need to go with this, right? Yes. And with this woman, she is just a high level functioner, but she at the same time is not functioning on a high level emotionally. Yes. Internally. internally right exactly and why is that and yet assessment tools help us determine how we can better help those that are seeking our help so love it okay so tell us a little bit about your podcast (laughs) oh my gosh this is such a passion project um and again it goes back to you know I work for VIP but they kind of let me do my own thing. I'm kind of building a brand within a brand here and they're totally fine with it. And I love that. But I had approached them because I was like, you know, I'm going to start a podcast because I meet so many cool people like you and, you know, all the time building those relationships. I said, and I know I'm a reflection of you. So I just want to let you know, if you don't want me to do it, we probably need to have a different conversation because I'm going to, but they were like, no, 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 that's a great idea. We want to support you in that. In fact, we'll pay for it. I went, okay. (laughs) And so that's how We Are VIP was launched. And um, it's really a podcast devoted to helping job seekers find that next great job. We have resume writing tips. We do all kinds of things. I'll give you a little sneak peek. I've got a real interesting podcast coming up in about three months. It's going to be totally off the subject of job seeking because I have three VIP questions that I ask. And the second question is, what is one thing you do every morning to set your day up for success? Mm-hmm. and probably 70% of the time I get meditation mm. and so and I'm, I'm about to film my 100th episode today Woo! I know I'm so excited Congratulations. that's a biggie it is thank you so much um but I got to thinking you know so and we do we bring on experts to help companies build better cultures and stuff like that too but I was like we've been telling these people that meditation is something you need to do every morning or not need to do that you could do to make your day better and to get that clarity in that space that you need to be successful so I'm bringing on a meditation expert to teach people how to meditate oh you know I love that here's the thing though 
I think people say it, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, how are they actually doing it? Exactly. And how are they using it in their life? Because for me, I got the DVD, I got the app, I got the, you know, have I yet to use it? No, but I have a girlfriend who does a one minute type of meditation guidance. And throughout the day, I will go back to that one minute and I will connect with that one minute meditation guide. So it is so great because I can incorporate that one minute into my day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And there's no, for me, it's it's about being mindful, right? You could call it mindful meditation, but for me, it's getting in touch with my higher self, with who I am. Cause you know, we're not our names. We're not who we say we are. You know, if you've ever read the book by Michael Singer, the um, untethered soul talks about the observer and the witness, Right. right? Right. And so I have one friend that says she's got a whole board of directors in her head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's like, right? Quiet down there, quiet down. You're like the conductor, right? The orchestra conductor. And you're like, all right, how does the orchestra want to perform today? What do we want to do? Right? right. So, all right. So getting on to, I love your podcast, by the way. I think Thank you. A premise. I think that it has a lot to offer. So thank you for talking about it here. Now tell us, tell us, tell us about this incredible journal you will create. (laughs) It just gave me chills when you said it. So um, this probably will not surprise you, but we have come up with a title because I'm so big. Like I I feel like there's literally a switch when people become aware, right? And that's when they start that path. It may be a spiritual path. It may be a self-development path. It could be all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'll tell you more about the journal here in just a second, but I want to share the name with you because we haven't, it, this is like the first public announcement of the name. Woo. Yeah. Awakening your potential. Oh my goodness. And yes. our community is going to be Destination Awaken. Ooh, love I that. I know, I'm excited. That. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> for you. So the, Did you want to give us just a glimpse of the journal and... I will. So I am an avid journaler and I had like four to five different journals at the same time over different subjects because it's so important to me. I mean, we could, I could go off on a tangent about journaling, but it's important that you write stuff down. It does something in your brain and it just makes it flow better. And it also sinks it in. It makes it like permanent. Right. So that's why I journal. I've been doing this for several years and I just, I I really wanted one journal that had everything. And so I went and I scoured and I looked, I bought so many journals to just try to figure it out. And I just couldn't find what I was looking for. And so I just, one day, like any other crazy idea I have, I was like, I'm going to design one. And so I started thinking about all the different journals that I had and what I would want in it. And so what I came up with is a journal that has a section for mindset a section for affirmations. These are all the things that I found important in my life. So this is the journal I want for me. Right. Um, Efficiency, you know, those habit loops, those are so important, whether you need them or you need to break them, (laughs) you know? Good point. (laughs) Habit loops. Um, Goal setting. Oh, and wait till you see my goal setting section. It is so cool. Um, So goal setting, productivity. Now here's where the meat of it is. Productivity, okay? Because this is going to have like your overall monthly calendar. Then it's going to have your daily pages and the daily pages are where the work is done. Okay. Yes. So every morning you're going to get up, you're going to do your morning habit loop, 
right? Like right. make your coffee, right. take the dogs out, whatever you got to do. Yeah. But then you're going to sit down and you're going to write out your gratitude because mm. every day should start with gratitude. If you start your day with gratitude, you cannot be unhappy. I promise. So mm. gratitude. We're going to talk. How do I feel today? Just one, two, three words. How do I feel today? You know, yeah. today I, w- I was determined. I was focused. That's how I felt when I got up. Um, right. what, what did I meditate on? And I even go a step further on my meditation to even rate how engaged I was. I'm such a nerd, <laughs> but this is the stuff that's important to me. I need to know how engaged I was. What is my intent for today? What do, what, how do I want to show up? I'm a choice, right? What is right. Yeah. And so, and then I actually note down my energy level. Where am I, am I showing up as a victim right now? Am I showing up as just everything's going to be okay? Where am I at on that scale? And do yeah. I want to be there? Oh my goodness. How great. Yeah. It really sounds like there's something for everybody and it takes you through this process, a process that worked for you yes. and also incorporates free association, such as, Hey, name your words of gratitude. What are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. It creates a formula about ideas plus actions plus outcome. So it's got something for everyone. You know, what I love most is your excitement. (laughs) I I use it every day. I've been using it for the last quarter so that I could, but that's just one little piece of the daily pages. There's so much more. There's a health section. There's a journal section. There's a, you know, list out your day because I have to write down my schedule every single day because it's so hectic, right? What are your three big things you have to get done today? What's your to-do list? All this is on there. And here's the best part. There's a section for your evening check-in as well. What are you grateful for tonight? Because you want to go to bed with that on your head, right? What are you grateful for tonight? What did you do for self-care? What was your big win? What synchronicities did you notice today? What did you read today? What did you do to improve your mind? All that's in there every day. Oh my goodness. And then at the end of it, I'm still in productivity. This is where it starts to get really good. So we do a weekly review and a weekly preview, but here's another journal that I had. Meal planning. There's a meal planning section. So wow, that's do that great. At the end of the week with a place for you to put your grocery list and tear out as your meal plan. Oh, how wonderful. Oh my gosh, that is so great. Yeah. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Exactly. <laughs> then there's a finance section. Of course. And then we get to, there's a section. And of course, I've given you some space where you can free write. Um, I did some lined pages, but I also did some graph pages because I know some people like to bullet journal, you know. Yeah, or even draw. Or draw. There's you know, space have, for everything. Yeah, I have a I have a friend uh, who is an artist and she came out with the journal, but she loves to draw. And so she's got, surprisingly enough, and I went before this interview, I went to some bookstores and I went to Target and I, yeah, I love looking at books. Yeah. So here's my deal. And then I end up taking pictures of like the covers because I want to see what cover really resonates with people. What's a bestseller? What's a this? And I open up some of those covers, especially on the journals blank pages inside just completely blank it's just a cover so some people just love to have those blank pages with a beautiful cover and just draw write bullet you name it so but yet it sounds like your journal has it all yeah and the graphics are just going to pull the energy out of you they're designed to do that they're beautiful oh awesome when does this come out? We are hoping, so we are on the downhill slide right now, um, late June, early July at the latest. Okay. It's almost here. Oh, and it's going to be coil bound, which I okay. think is important because that way it'll lay flat. Yes. 
True that. True. So you're not like trying to squish down the pages. Right. Or right in the crack. Crack. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So thoughtful. You thought this out so well. And it is, it just sounds like it's just, it's got something for everybody. It's got a process. It really pulls out your, your energy. It really just asks a lot of important questions and it allows you to check back in after a day, which I think we forget about in journaling. We'll do it once and then we'll put it away and then, you know, maybe come back the next day or come back the next week or whatnot. And yet this asks you kind of check in with yourself. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Okay. We have talked and touched on so much. I'm getting to my last question. And as we come to the close of the interview, that is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? I would say find your passion as quickly as you can, because once you find your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. Oh my gosh. Great words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Casey, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Awesome. Thank you. If you would like to connect with Casey Haston, you can find her on LinkedIn and Instagram, and you can also reach her at caseyhaston.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.